Okay. Yes, we are on. Hello, good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Welcome to the fifth conversation of In the Mix, brought to you by Jam Study and Topcat CCU. We are doing this every Sunday, where we bring people from the arts, music, business, tech, and we discuss various things around our world of music and arts. Today we are talking about the artist hustle and getting different perspectives on the idea of hustle. We will explore this world together and with a very interesting bunch of people who work in different spaces as artists. You know, so one is one of them is a retired comedian, the other is a dancer, and we also have a musician. All three of them are very close friends of mine, and I'm very happy, you know, that they are. They are coming on to the show, so I'm sure we'll have a great time talking about the hustle and the perspectives and the different things around it. So I'm going to bring them onto the screen, and then we'll start with the chat right away. Hi, Dia. Here we go. Hello. Hi. Hi, Neil. Hi. Hello, Saurav. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, oh, Neil gives me a lot of ideas. Uh, on the screens, you know, just so casually doing this, you know, behind, behind this. Yeah. Uh, screen. What, what are you smoking? Uh, I'm just smoking some American spirit uh, tobacco because I don't smoke white cigarettes. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> is 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 sort of screen stuck for you all also? No, no, no. I'm stuck. Yeah, he wasn't moving. Yeah, I wasn't moving. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I was playing his tricks. <laughs> so okay, cool. So first of all, how are you all doing? How is everyone doing? How's Dia? How are you doing? I am. I'm good today. <laughs> today you're good. You've been quite busy with your online classes and all the other talk sessions and different seminars and all that are going on, right? Yeah, I've been. I've been hosting quite a few actually of uh, mm. conversations with artists and uh, like mental health in the arts and things like that, and also um, like you said, dance classes online. And um, this year I haven't done anything creative as yet, so it's been around. Like I've been performing for uh, other people in you know in a virtual reality project, which took up mm. a few hours a day. So at the moment that's not going on. Um, okay. But yeah. That's cool, yeah. Neil. How are things with you, man? In Bombay, stuck in a house, but like going okay. out, uh, cycling, uh, working a lot. Uh, uh, as I was having this discussion, so because I'm in post production, I always work from home, uh, and my my room is stacked up to do whatever I need to do. That is work that's coming my way. So yeah, that's what's going on right now. But uh, everything is shifting, man. Like uh, mindset yeah. is like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Saurav, how are things, man, with you? Dude, uh, we just met yesterday, uh, Rishi. Yeah, uh, know. You know exactly how things are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm just going to, like, I just have so yeah. many mood swings right now. I don't know whether I'm happy or I'm sad because at times it feels so great. I'm also, by the way, Neil, I've started cycling and uh, must say it's fantastic. Mm. Uh, I, I, actually, Neil and Dibbo, uh, two close friends of mine, uh, they like they inspire a lot. Whenever I look at their Instagram uh, videos, and I'm like, these 35 year old people, 
आई जस्ट लाइक फाउंड यूथ विद द साइकिल सो या तो फॉलो दम and apart from that uh, the comedy club uh, that we started uh, this year uh, is unfortunately still uh, shut but we are yeah. thinking of starting the open mics again uh, because uh, open mics anyways uh, the open mic that we do is in open air at top yeah. catered comedy club so right. yeah probably safer so we we will start that probably by next monday or you know the monday after that apart from that like uh, just doing my writing work and uh, yeah we are writing a movie and writing a web series so yeah exciting things super so uh, i'm going to start uh, straight up we'll do a little introduction uh, so you know one by one uh, i'll start with dia so if you can just give us a little introduction of your about you and about your work mm-hmm. and tell us what is the hustle according to you okay so i'm a dancer and a choreographer uh, or I started out being a dancer uh getting actually straight to your question Nishit I became yeah. a choreographer which seemed like the natural progression um and I mean I I I do it out of choice uh so I I'm a kind of a choreographer more now in a sense um I so I end up and the being a dancer and a choreographer also means that I'm a teacher because uh, mostly we make our regular income from teaching and uh, then i also got into sort of because and through that i ended up uh, directing a collective uh, working in an arts uh, space as a as a dance programmer and yeah so these are among the kind of the things that i do mm-hmm. i'm also like in terms of the things that i am trained to do or i can use to make income i'm also a, a thai massage practitioner and a yoga teacher Uh, an animist uh, therapist and healer so these are <laughs> the many hats um mm-hmm. i think uh, in terms of i i'm i'm saying it in this particular i've never really introduced myself like this but i'm already mm-hmm. speaking to your question of jugar um mm-hmm. a lot of these roles one plays is because the dance is what when you were when i was a child that was like the da- dance chose in a certain way chose me and i was like okay this i have to do this and then um you don't realize when you're uh, a young dancer that one day you will be spending 6 to 8 hours a day writing proposals or on phone calls or on uh, so what does it mean to be you know a dancer it doesn't just mean for short to to just dance and even if you're just doing physical dancing you usually have to supplement it with lots of other things teaching uh, yoga practice training to keep your body uh, okay in order for it to dance uh, in terms of that word juga uh, you know like hustle for me it's really this jugaad it's like resourcefulness it's uh, we don't nobody tells us when we are going to become at least movement artists that these are the many things you have to do and especially because what it means if a, if a aspiring dancer asks me what is it to what what am i going to have to do to become a dancer i won't be able to answer that question for them in their contemporary reality which will be Seven to ten, mm. fifteen years from now, because it's changing so very fast. Mm. Even in the last two years, it's it's totally changed. I would never imagine teaching dance class on a concrete floor on a Zoom screen, for example. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so hustle is in a way adapting. I think it's it's uh, pulling in resources from the external and internal world, whatever's inside you, whatever's outside of you, to kind of make it work. Um, and somewhere in that, to try and honor the. 
the vision that you had for what it is to be a, a creative artistic human being on this planet mm. yeah something like this mm. right sweet okay let me go to saurav now saurav can you tell us a little bit about it i mean we know i know all of you so i know about you it's more, mostly for people who are watching or who will watch watch later yeah, and give yeah. us your definition of the hustle the artist hustle yeah uh, i mean uh, uh, i'm a retired stand up comedian uh, i before that i used to do uh, radio in kolkata i did that for 10 years and then did uh, stand up for 10 years and then uh, last year uh, i kind of uh, took a voluntary retirement uh, there's no other way in stand up so i did that i just wanted to do something else uh, so i thought uh, okay i'll uh, open a comedy club so Uh, we Nishit, we uh, and uh, Meghdoot and Chilas, and we all work together at a wonderful little club called uh, Top Cat Retired Comedy Club, where uh, you know some of the best comedy comics in Kolkata uh, help us uh, run the club. Uh, so that that uh, that's like Kolkata's. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say first. I don't know. Like a lot of people can just you know people can have comedy clubs in garages also and call it comedy club, but ours is like a proper comedy club in Kolkata that we had. opened with a lot of dreams but then uh, lockdown came and uh, uh, now basically i'm using most of my time this free time that i have to write uh, stuff i mean that was like a parallel thing that was happening i anirban and uh, dibbo uh, we wrote a show called of source uh, which is on amazon prime although they just uh, took it away last week is what i heard right it was there oh. till friday and uh, then they took it away because they are relaunching neil has no idea about it by the way neil <laughs> music for that <laughs> look at neil's face <laughs> yeah it's it's not akhnad i wasn't dikto bol beta basic yeah yeah so basically <laughs> which looks bad that hey amader show byre ni gelo but it's actually a good thing uh, is what i understand neil they're relaunching a new platform with our show so that's like a good thing okay that's great but is the show still existing on amazon else which is supposed to be a honor but i'm really not happy about it because i don't know whether the new platform will work or not amazon yeah. prime was like a proven thing i could have shown my kids you know <laughs> it's gone i don't know man i'm just like really so there's a vimeo link where we have all the episodes i'll send it to you neil so you have it <laughs> well, i have a hard drive also somewhere because mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but yeah shit yeah mm. so so yeah that's what i've been uh, doing and um, uh so yeah hustle you know i i actually had i matlab i kind of like this is the word that i generally don't like use in my vocabulary so i had to actually google what uh, hustle means <laughs> and then a few dance videos came up uh, which is like uh, yeah yeah abhish matthew i think he is also a comic he made a music video and he was dancing some uh, alcohol company he was producing some some you know some like very exotic thing it came up you know like i thought oh is that is that what is hustle uh but um, i don't know man but the word sounds the word has a great ring 
and like i don't know i thought is it like a negative word which is like basically saying like because uh, you know in the dictionary it said it's like uh matlab stealing from somebody not hustle matlab basically mm-hmm. doing illegal stuff to uh, you know uh yeah but i but i get then i thought more about it no that's not what people mean i'm sure like there's yeah. a, i think there's like the subtext of this is that uh the basically the struggle right the struggle is is that like a good uh different is what is that what do you mean like the struggle of an artist ha i mean it can mean anything i let's let lean neil take over from you i've been living with the word hustle for a long time mm. what i've been doing and at some point what i was doing was uh, called uh, was named as a hustle by some people that i met i think it was q who first used the word hustle and uh, and then i said okay that sounds cool and then i got into many discussions and then i discovered that you know an artists uh, uh like a postmodern artist i would add say not like a classical artist but a postmodern artist uh, a postmodern artist is not complete without hustle mm. yeah because and then like just before we had this whole uh, uh, thing that we doing right now this chat i was thinking about like okay a hustle and i was just thinking about what it means and i think it means uh, uh, the resourcefulness i think dr described it very very beautifully it's like you've got your resources inside you've got your resources outside and you make your life work with all this and also the uh, with the main intention of keeping that vision that you have for your life intact and pure and as uh you know unaffected by all of this as possible so yeah so that i mean for starters only that is like uh, compartmentalizing right like we've seen these four screens over here like you know first screen uh, let's say nishit nishit is quality of what i do right you know it's like real work and let's say dia is my outside contacts of everything uh, every every body that i know who could translate to work for me and then let's say the third one which is uh, uh, my block or down let's say that block is all the resources that i have inside everything that i know how to do which can make me money mm-hmm. shit now to think of one thing for solo sorry that is also uh, a hustle i think finding yeah practice yeah things. yeah <laughs> no 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 the most important thing <laughs> is the most important point over here which is differentiates hustle today from hustle 20 years back it's um it's timing and context mm. i feel that what's happened to the arts all around the world right now is that timing and context have slowly replaced quality and suddenly quality is something that's less appreciated and timing and context is something that's more appreciated not only by general people but even by the four of us i would say hmm. you would see something that's very well put together and very well uh, you know made by and completely fucking pointless hmm. and then you'd see something completely scratchy made with very little resources but very high inventiveness and then that just fucking captures your imagination and captures like that like breaks your eggshells you know so i'm just saying that uh, that's what hustle is for me that that fourth component is that timing and context which is mm-hmm. the, the new thing uh, which makes hustle work like if you look at jacob collier he's one like 
uh, so many Grammys and shit, and he can do anything all the time, but he still is very active on his Instagram and he still puts out these crazy videos. He even does stupid, uh, I mean, like, you know, stuff which is banal from an artist's point of view. Like, you know, he would do, like, you know, Happy 2021 played out on the uh, piano roll and he'll write it with notes, you know. It's just, mm. just, it just means nothing, but it makes some sort of a tune. But timing, context, it works. It still gets him, like, it keeps his entire fan base active for whatever he's doing, apart from maybe making a money from some bits. But that money would mean nothing to him. But yeah. Yeah. But I think, I, by the way, I'm a music composer. I do background music for lots of uh, shows, web shows, films, uh, videos, uh, ads. Um, I used to do corporate uh, AVs, and that used to pay my bills mainly when I used to be in Calcutta. But uh, now, no, no longer. Now I just do films. Uh, mm. I don't play, I'm not playing live anymore for a long, long time now because this has been taking up all my time. But I have a lot of new material, so I do plan to go live very soon again. I used mm. to be in a band called Neil and the Lightbulbs. I've lived for a very long time, so I've done too many things. Can't talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what, you know, for me, uh, it is. I mean, you as an artist, uh, you you have your art that you work so passionately and you work towards it. And there are things around it that will, you know, make it reach a certain level, your goals, your systems, even managing your finance or, you know, taking care of different elements to A, maybe you have a you have your personal goal. Also, you have a goal to build a certain scene. Maybe Dia wants to build a scene for other dancers. You know, that's a part of a thing. Uh, same like with Saurav, he's setting up, a, set up a comedy club because he wants to build a scene in Calcutta. There was no, I mean, I, there was like not a direction in that. So now with more things happening, so I feel these, all these things, I mean, hustle can, does not have to be a negative word is what I feel. It's, I think it's part of your thing, how you take it, yeah. you know, and different people have different struggles and different challenges. Uh, so in fact, that's my next question. Uh, uh, to all of you, you know, how does background from where you where you are and where you come from, your gender, your religion, the language you speak, the mm. caste, affect your hustle? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Because like it's different for different people, right? And I think that really plays a huge, has a different effect on your journey. Dia, do you want to add something about yeah, that? Yeah, um, I can speak to that question i think you know uh, nishit when i uh, first joined the company that i was i ended up being in for eight years it's a company mm. in bangalore called Articulary. and one of the things that happens in contemporary dance like i'm sure you you're all somewhat familiar with the conversation around class for example in bharatnatyam and in uh, classical forms so because contemporary dance uh, was so new uh, all those years ago and continues to be quite open in that sense there was there weren't too many there weren't too many gender um, or class based uh, readings into who can and cannot do contemporary dance so to some extent everybody was welcome and even before that actually i was in a jazz company and uh, and the kind of people you meet on the dance floor are not necessarily the same socioeconomic, linguistic, blah, 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 uh, uh, you know, class of people or a category of people that you would meet when 
you go to a certain college which which is dictated by the kind of school your parents have put you into which is then dictated by the kind of privilege you grew up with and clearly in india if you just hear if you see me or you hear the way i speak the english language you know this is a privileged person and in school of course you could i didn't see that because i went to like a fairly preppy school i went to college where i didn't realize again uh, which is lady shiram college that i mean of course there were people from all kinds of backgrounds but i don't know because we were intellectualizing everything in a sense in college um but my profession requires me to requires me to embody uh, in a way which sometimes means you even tell the intellectual one second stand aside let me see what this means in the physical reality um and when you're on a dance floor and i'm sure musicians uh, and actors will completely know what i'm saying when i say this it really doesn't matter uh, who looks the way they look or how they speak or where they come from and and that reality becomes like unquestionable for you i mean even if you're someone who's always been questioning so on the dance floor for example we would be a, a mix of people and you i often say this that it, the rehearsal space is more intimate than sometimes even the bedroom because you get to see a side of people a primal uh, vulnerable uh, side of people that maybe even our parents best friends and lovers don't get to see so when you are in that atmosphere with someone it really doesn't matter if that person speaks say malayalam or kannada or uh, you know their their thinking language is punjabi and yours is english or bangla or whatever and so you you kind of go beyond i think those distinctions and i remember that what, that in about the first few months of being there i started to feel deeply ashamed of my privilege uh, because people who were around me were not from uh, necessarily there were one or two people but not necessarily uh, from that kind of you know elite city urban space a lot of people from villages from um, you know uh, didn't know a word of english blah blah all of that and i said to feel deeply deeply ashamed it took me a long time to renegotiate that and to understand that uh, what i can do with with the privilege that has been uh, that i've inherited maybe will uh, will affect my destiny my uh, the way that i live with that privilege inside my body um, different it certainly uh, for example it certainly influences like who i date and, and things like that which like if i sense if i sniff that privilege somewhere and uh, an unconsciousness of it i i kind of go the other way but in terms of like and the friend you know the friends i keep and all of that i think you really become aware of the bubbles that you belong to and the bubbles that you form and that are around you and how how can someone like me say then connect this bubble that is not so privileged uh, which i'm a part of to another bubble that is more privileged uh and at this point you're still speaking from a sense of hey can you can you of the privileged bubble help you of the not so privileged bubble but in the last 4 5 years of being independent and uh, directing a collective i have refused to speak in that terminology because say i'm representing a group of dancers to a corporate and saying hey we'll give you these classes for this much money or like uh, we'll do this performance for you uh i was i was brought to understand experientially and through some incredible mentors that we as artists sort of dwell in the expansive uh, this is our our world our, our, where we hunt for our material for our lives our livelihood and if you are in a corporate say a certain kind of privilege then you dwell in 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 a sort of the empirical and the material in a sort of profit right you know capitalism's biggest uh, ally in a sense so 
so when i come and dance for you or i teach your 100 employees yoga or i take a meditation session it is an exchange of that anyway you are going to spend the money you made on a holiday or a, a, a better gym instructor or you know better art or better painting so you are going to anyway spend your better design for your home i don't know your money on eventually something that speaks to the expansive uh, you know so then if you are paying me and my uh, group of dancers a certain amount of money it's not an exchange from this uh, privilege bubble to this privilege bubble it's an exchange of the empirical which you are great at to the expansive which i have spent my life with um so yeah so this helps me in like asking for money which one often has to or say like hey can you please crowdfund donate here and can you blah blah, blah. i'm still not good at it mm. uh, but yeah to, to in terms of to how can i fit into different worlds because the separation is anyway an illusion uh, the part of me that was made to believe that oh i'm uh, i've come from privilege and i speak english in a certain way and therefore uh, i should feel guilt around my you know malayalam fr uh, my friend who speaks in malayalam and comes from a village in kerala uh, i'm separate from that person is the same energy the same uh, i would even say uh, weapon that is used to make him feel separate from me because oh she speaks english and i don't speak you know what i'm saying so mm. so i feel like you have to burst the separation that illusion and then you can i think it helps with because in terms of hustle you have to be able to ask everyone if yeah. i need help please give me help thank you very much this yeah no, absolutely yes. right i think yeah uh, i mean you know you said put it really well uh, that Uh, you know like how everyone has this and to consciously think about it to know your privileges and work around it i mean you you are making a better version of yourself every day you're trying you make mistakes and all so uh, on that note uh, on the same uh, question uh, neel uh, or sorof you want to jump in about how it is different for different people and what do you think about that you know yeah so like uh, i mean the bag how i, I think originally what your question was that uh, uh, the background how much of the background does influence yeah. your or your struggle or your career in general yeah so yeah. Uh, i mean more than i thought uh, it does because initially i was i was like i didn't care about my circumstances of my world because you know uh, there was a tunnel vision uh, that you have as an active artist is that you know i must uh, be perfect i must be the best people must remember my work uh, when i die so you go mm. in that uh, you lose yourself and then you don't really care about you know what's going on you know the regular well you care about just the artistic hustle at one point of your uh, time in life and uh, then later you figure out uh, that hey matlab but what about my relationships and you know mm. what about uh, you know and then you are like oh no i need to find a balance and then you keep like you spent the rest of your life finding that balance mm -hmm. I, i guess well that's also like a kind of hustle so like uh, uh, so when i hit that place where i was like no i need to you know i need to find a balance in my life apart from my work and then i realized I, uh, that you know what i've been missing what wonderful things there are in my hometown like uh, i mean not that i uh, didn't did not love uh, bombay bombay was uh, insane and it's it is honestly like you know people call matlab uh, calcutta the cultural capital but honestly you know it really is bombay right now we can't really it used to be the cultural capital but right now it's not it doesn't mean it won't be again that's mm. what we are trying but right now it is not 
but uh, just the fact that uh, you know i come from calcutta from a city where the biggest celebrity is a writer you know is rabindranath tagore and although you know i was i was a fucking prick growing up and i did not really care about you know rabindranath or who because i want to be the best so i i didn't really you know uh, read up you know what he's written and on only later now that you know i'm looking for the balance again i'm like oh let's see what other people are doing and i'm checking his workout and then i'm checking satyajit ray's workout and i'm like and like you know the all the other greats in you know bengal and i'm like wow you know th- this is the city i come from so initially but uh, it i did not understand but like i but uh, the same goes with your parents you know like you know you, you know my mom she she speaks a lot okay she speaks a lot i mean <laughs> as in like but because in stand up comedy economy of words is very important right uh and uh, that, when i uh, you know listen to her talk i'm like there's no economy you're repeating the same thing you know it goes on it goes on it goes on you know but i realize now that you know now that i do the same when i'm around a lot of young people and i just go on into like you know uninterrupted rants for an hour and i'm just talking to them you know sharing my gyan my experiences and then i feel like oh fuck this is exactly why my what my mom does and i'm just doing the same thing giving myself uh, compliments that's again and again in different ways and different shapes but all i mean all i'm doing is just giving myself compliments i'm like yeah that's what my mom does and you know this is what artistically you know we call it the flow where you're just flowing you know in and you're in a i'm like that's what mom is like that's what she is she is in a like a, a constant flow maybe this is what i what i picked up from her you know which i did not really care about when I, when i was growing up I, I i wouldn't consider her as an artist but now i you know in hindsight it seems like oh it's exactly that so the, so your background matlab definitely changes probably not the in the direct ways that you think oh you're from bengal so you must be a good writer it's not mm. like that because see, i did not care about that when i was growing up i did not even read that but in different ways it does in different like the fact that you know in calcutta that we don't have any comedy clubs right now right or uh, there's nothing people say you know, there's nothing going on in calcutta so if you think about that you know then you are like yeah okay maybe kind of true when i compare to other cities but doesn't that mean that if you do something right now in calcutta you're the only one doing it you know like people would come to watch you so that's an opportunity that your city gives you you know that you know not in the conventional way that you think like also just the fact that you know i feel like the kolkata comics one thing that is uh, similar between us all the comics who kind of made it in kolkata or the next lot also uh, from the other uh, from our co- other counterparts is that uh, our comics create can can really write fast you know in in stand up comedy they can like they can they have a lot of new material all the time Mm. that happened because of the, the the this because of the city because calcutta like initially did not have any any comedy audience now we have some thanks to the club but we had no comedy audiences so every time comics end up performing for comics only so it's like a audience full of comics and in the open mics you just but you don't want to waste a day you traveled here you know you hustled a lot today to come here and then uh, you didn't want to just go back home so you practice to your friends and if you have to make your friends laugh they already know all your jokes right mm-hmm. so you have to write something new every week you're forced <laughs> to write everything you know every week because otherwise you you know your 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 art will stop 
so that's how we you know we got into that grind where we can write a lot because no one is here to watch in calcutta so so it it does the background changes you shapes you uh, in very interesting but different ways than you think hmm sure neel you want to add something yeah our privileges um, actually give us a massive advantage or disadvantage but it's always 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 a double edged sword you know what happens quite often is that when you are privileged there has to be a balance for you to actually have the hustle when you have a lot of privilege you don't get hustle because you know that there is a flat that has been written off in your name and you've taken an alternative profession you're not doing ca there's no provident fund there's none of that shit and you have no investments you have nothing so then you know that okay the, there is a flat uh, that my parents have left for me apart from the flat that they live in so which mm-hmm. means that i've sorted mm-hmm. so that in a way will kill your house to a certain extent it didn't mm-hmm. for me we just have one flat in southern avenue where baba ma and we used to live now my brothers moved up somewhere i don't own anything in life mm-hmm. apart from a second hand car and this <laughs> that i have but mm-hmm. uh, uh, so i know that both me and uh, my wife audrey we kind of decided that we never want to buy a house we don't want to do that we want to work till the day we die mm-hmm. we want to keep re- reinventing ourselves and keep with the tide we want to be at the froth of the fucking wave that's floating into the shore we want to be on that froth and we want to be on that froth for as long in our lives as we can it's a very dangerous plan but it's a very adventurous plan it, yeah it's a dangerous plan because uh, i mean uh, despite your hardest efforts you are bound to be outdated one day yeah but we never want to stop trying and we never want because it's interesting it makes life interesting for us so mm. i think that like so like uh, whereas uh, like you know my privilege uh, has given me the english that i speak right now and in our country because of the colonization the english learning the english is a very important thing and speaking this english is a very important thing because this english will get the people in the corporate sectors to look at you a little more seriously but having said that that is also changing a lot right now uh, whereas this english is the is the english that would have opened doors for me as a musician because i heard this english all my life and because i heard people like sting and the police all my life i did not fucking hear sonu nigam and kishore kumar enough and i cannot tell you how hard how hard it was to earn my living from music mm-hmm. because i'm not a good musician mm-hmm. so i'm just saying that this privilege question has too many facets to give have to any for you to give you a straight answer i of know course. that i know that why uh, like so that's why i was doing corporate avs right till i got into films and the odd ad here and there why because this english will get you what it will get you corporate clients mm. yeah but that's not the end of the world that's not where your art aims to reside that yeah. is something you just need to do to fuel your art and then you will put your art in a different place and it will reside somewhere else for yeah. everyone to watch your your art museum is going to be something else so uh, 
uh, it's a great question and it's a great topic to talk about but i think i think i said my piece i mean this is what i think about it like it's mm-hmm. a double edged sword Yeah, 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 sure. Actually, to yeah. add to you know what yeah. he's saying, um, I totally agree with that. Also, because and it's very difficult thing to say because we are in a position where uh, uh, economic privilege or uh, you know linguistic privilege has really uh, you know you are in a position where those who don't have that privilege are worse than ever before. However, I I do feel we should be able to articulate more nuanced uh, realities if we are a room of artists. So. For example, to speak, continue from what Neil was saying. It's, I think even when you are applying for grants, for example, mm. uh, yeah, I think there were there were some years ago where the English, as he's calling it, because you know I, I like the way he's saying that, but the English could help. But now it is a place where uh, everyone wants to be representative. Everyone wants to, uh, you know, sort of make sure that. those whose voices were not heard before are heard in a certain way and you may not fit into a very privileged bracket but if you don't fit into the opposite of that then you're really in no man's land uh, in a way so it can get in in your way and i i see artists um often try to then fit into one of one of one or two of those and not for any bad reason but just so that one can still make art and make relevant art um but your truth is like you know he said he thinks in english and heard english music as a kid um and um and so so much of that is where like you said your original question where you come from and so much of that was seeded i sometimes make choreography and i'll be like oh my god when i was 6 or 7 years old i think i was forcing my cousins to do this with me like i was like you will be this you will be this and you will be this mm-hmm. and i kind of choreograph stuff on them and i'm like my god so the the like the work had started then and and then there was something operating at a level that didn't know all these categories and you know language and caste and privilege and uh, city and country and uh, culture and colonization and la 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 uh but how does that still find its way through all these filters and still uh, be something um you know uh and also what you said about how is your art going to still be relevant and timely right if you're uh, if you're sort of uh, steeped in a culture that was from before and you can keep keeping up with the culture but after a point we stop changing in a sense we're not able to catch on as fast yeah but i i kind of also think there's something that's timeless uh, there's something that everyone has that can be expressed or put out there no matter what culture is in vogue or what trend is in vogue um at the time uh yeah so anyway just some random thoughts yeah yeah no no great yeah. because yeah me uh, want uh, just to like taking off from uh, what she say also saying that but ye bhi bahut hi bahut hi important hai ki hum log sirf apne angrezi bracket mein chutiyon ki tarah na atke rahe ha bilkul और वहां से निकल के अगर मैं जयपुर गया जोधपुर गया मैं राजस्थान में राजस्थानी म्यूजिशियंस के साथ बहुत बड़ा एक प्रोजेक्ट किया जहाँ पे किसी को अंग्रेजी नहीं आती थी तो वहाँ पे सबके साथ बात करने के लिए मेरे को हिंदी बोलना पड़ता था एंड उनको उनको उनका हिंदी भी खराब था राजस्थानी लैंग्वेज Then mm-hmm. I took on in Punjab also, and they were just speaking Punjabi, and I was trying my best to understand mm-hmm. because uh, in in Punjabi, क्या करते हैं कि वो uh, vowels को खा जाते हैं. 
मुसलमान पर्सन इन वेरी वेरी हिंदू लॉयलिस्ट लोकेशन इज नॉट गेटिंग एनी वर्क ओके there will be something that he can do man there will be something that he could do which will need him to swallow his rage and that's how a person like that can feed his karma yeah and, and yeah because uh, what's happening in our country in terms of hindu muslimness is just nonsense right we all know it right all of yeah. us i know that all of us four of us and how do i know this mm. again how do i know this that the four of you would also think that this is nonsense yeah i know this because not only because i know you guys personally but also because i know that we come from that same yeah little sect of privilege liberal 2% english speaking yeah yeah at some level i also do believe that we are all uh, all artists mm. and i do believe deep in my heart that uh, uh, that if you are if you thought about the arts wholeheartedly and dedicated your life to the arts then the segregation of humanity is something which is anti artistic and you will naturally react against that absolutely yeah so, so i don't know what i'm talking about anymore but ha theek hai no no yeah like a little small example was like suddenly like now with hip hop being this cool thing you know everyone want was on the hip hop bandwagon and there was so much good stuff coming out from all over india and then i heard this incident where one of the venues in some place Uh, where they were doing a hip hop event but they did not allow the rappers to enter because they were not fitting the profile of the yeah. of the space yeah. and it's so unfortunate you want to play with that culture you want to make money from that culture you want to do street style hip hop but you don't want those people in your room i mean it's so yeah. unfortunate but it's but, how okay having yeah. said that i would yeah. say that that uh, that situation is a failing of the venue yeah yeah and venues like that will be out mm. no Because the the way time is changing is very ruthless. That's why. And people are not going to tolerate bullshit. Like, uh, I, I uh, so. yeah, no, they're not. I mean, yeah. uh, the things like that are not going to last. Where yeah. they are like, you know, because that same fucker is going to go and do a show in another place where the manager is going to be a nice guy, and then then somebody is going to spot him, and then he's going to become someone, and then yeah. once he becomes someone, then he's going to talk about stories about how that venue didn't let him enter. Yeah. After which, but he will want to enter that venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very easy now to yeah. like as as difficult as as it is. Mm. It's also very easy for things to just move. And, and that's I think forward. that's also the good thing with the internet. I mean, like the, yeah. the bad sides and the good sides. So the good thing with the internet, it has allowed so many people to express the way they want to. You know, like yeah. with again coming back to the hip hop uh, thing. There's so much brilliant stuff. You know, in all sorts of all languages from all backgrounds coming out. 
and so real in that sense and some of us will be like yeah this is not my thing it's too um, crass and, you know use those kind of words but actually this is what the essence of the the art is i mean they're speaking what it's, it's supposed to their reality their stories and i mean i i find it amazing actually you know that stuff like that is happening because of the internet hmm uh like in fact we have one question from rivu let's take that whoever wants to answer that well how does everyone feel about the separation introduction between the art and service mm mm-hmm. because i'm sure uh, as artists you both have i mean you all have to had that uh, you know no i would be rivu to expand a little bit about so like just to answer him uh uh yeah okay i get it like your mm-hmm. own music is your own is the art and when you do stuff which is corporate funded uh and uh, you're doing it for the corporate to completely market and sell itself that is service but for me both this art and service thing met after i moved to bombay when i started scoring for films right because background score for me is not service and it's not just art mm. also paying my bills so after like working the whole scene and hustling for a long time i found that one zone which i love enough for it to be my main zone of art and uh, and service at the same time and then like you know if you get your songs placed in uh, any of the series of films then that's again where your service and your art have met and i think when your service and your art meets and they become the one and the same thing then you've reached like a particular zone of uh, uh integrity i'd say mm. yeah and that is the exact point where everyone starts doubting your integrity <laughs> but uh, that is the exact point when you also say that you don't give a shit and you want to go ahead and do what you want to do because mm. your music or what you do is not meant for the four or five cynics uh, who uh, sat across you and Uh, listen to um, uh, nice music and smoked good alcohol and uh, mm-hmm. you know puffed on good weed that's not the scene the scene your art is meant for people whom you don't know mm-hmm. your art is for everyone true yeah yeah i think this question also um, separation stroke interaction between art and service so i'm going to go with interaction because i think uh, where i am as an art maker as an art practitioner uh, is sort of anti separation in a sense uh, i mean you know for example nishit that for a long mm-hmm. time i was working i was making work that was in the in the space of gender based violence um, and parallelly i'm doing work around intimacy for example and so while you're working with this idea of really aggressive male uh, sort of stereotypes on the other side you're seeing men in all their fragility um 
and that's just one example that's just one example from my life like in terms of what i experientially what i can bring to this conversation of the fact that those categories those separations are really myth really illusion um and so in a sense my strategy to survive capitalist capitalism to survive the problematic politics in our country right now my resistance tool would be intimacy right and so intimacy interaction and another word that uh, neil just used uh, in integrity so integ integrity and is therefore integration right so this this thing of being able to pull it all into yourself so when he's talking about the integration of your worlds i think when you're you're in the beginning of your artistic journey often having to say okay i'm going to do this work even though i hate it i'm going to do it because it's going to pay my bills and then i'm going to do this because this is what my soul wants me to do this is what i need to say mm. out there in the world this is my my question this is what i'm interested in for a lot of people not all people i have seen that organically kind of uh meet like he said like you know integrate i think that's happened for me also but the other thing is that not just within myself my practice my my uh, choices in terms of subjects collaborators forms mediums but also in terms of out there in the world mm, i don't see corporate work anymore as work that isn't integral to who i am uh, because that's still a human being out there who i am interacting with on the canvas through the interface of art and that's still a voter or a you know like like we were just talking about bursting our sort of elitist little english speaking bubbles also the art artist bubble is another bubble na that we have to burst so like can we can i can i not look at the guy in a suit just as a guy in a suit uh, in the same way that i don't look you know so all of those those uh, those separations um yeah uh, so cool. yeah i think we Sarab, do you want to add something? Yeah. See, like when I was, uh, sorry, sorry. No, I just want to speak to uh, in that context to service and say that I think right now in our most in our completely divided world that we live in, uh, our biggest service and I'm looking at service not in terms of the service sales tax wala jo service tax wala service, but in terms of mm. to serve. What is it to serve? Who are we here to serve? Whether it's the self or the community or the divine or your nation or whatever concept you have of the the body that you're serving the entity that you're serving uh, so as artists one of the things we do is integrate and and uh, so it is in a sense serving uh, i think by uh, by speaking to or resisting divisiveness so that's what i mean for me services please yeah. sorry yeah. i'd like to add to what you saying and Uh, I think, like, okay, I'm going back to your word. You said something very, very uh, beautiful about the expanse and the empirical. So uh, the expanse, the expanse is what the artist imagines and the artist's world. And I think uh, forever, uh, the real, the word service, like that's why I asked what it means. Because service for me would mean uh, two things. One is to help people in your field with a certain amount of humility. When I say humility, I don't imagine yourself to be God. So don't like go to the road, pick up someone who's suffering, and then think that you're God and you can save his life. You will suddenly get that person used to something better, and then you will not be able to keep it up, and it will be gone. I'm just saying for us, service is 
to open doors to other talent that we see which has not got the uh, amount of doors open uh, to them as us because we have more experience and we've been doing what we do for longer so uh, you know we have a lot of access and we have a lot of agency so uh, our uh, for me one part of service is that the second part of service the most important part of service is actually to take our patrons the people who consume our art and for just that duration while they are consuming our art for just that duration take them away from the empirical into the into the expanse show them the expanse and mm -hmm. make them forget what you're living in for just those three minutes of my song for just the seven minutes of here's dance sequence for just 10 minutes of Shorov's uh, set and for just the fucking three hours of the gig that you organized Mishuk, whether you're mm -hmm. playing it yourself or whether you just organized it mm -hmm. you know? So just for those few hours, the whole Corona situation doesn't exist. The whole political uh, massacre situation that's there, that doesn't exist. I mean, Donald Trump doesn't exist for a little while. I mean, from back in the, the, that time, you know. So mm. I think that is the service that we provide. And uh, it's important to be, uh, I think, uh, or at least I believe, it's important to be humble. Now, when I say humble, I mean that that is the, my role. That is the extent of my role. Mm. And which is the importance that I demand from society, it should be proportionate to that. So which means that I do know that tomorrow there's a zombie ap apocalypse. I'm a fucking useless guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Completely useless person. I am. Mm. So, you know, next to a doctor, my importance in society is different. I also provide relief. He also provides relief. But, you know, uh, at a particular, my relief, uh, my providing of relief needs a particular base, uh, a, a base level of stability. When things go chaotic beyond that, music is not going to be accepted, comedy is not going to be accepted, dance is not going to be accepted. What hmm. a doctor will be. So, you know, once you, like, you should give yourself that reality check and that will just empower your hustle. Right. Nice. Because if you're humble and you work harder and you hmm. make those calls, that you know, no, why the fuck should I call him? I'm not gonna lick anyone's ass, man. My fucking music is great. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not licking anyone's ass. And don't lick anyone's ass. Because if you lick anyone's ass, that's not gonna, gonna get you anywhere apart from yeah. to their ass. You'll be that's where you <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And that's where integrity is important, that you know what mm. to do, but you should at least, you know, uh, once in a while pick up a phone and make a call and say that, yes, I am here and this is what I do. This is my latest work. Yeah, have a look at this. You know, you're providing that service. You're actually helping them escape their reality for five minutes by just showing them what you do. Mm. So that, that's what hustle is, I think. Right. Sort of. Yeah. So when I was a comic, I was a very, uh, uh, very so-called purist uh, guy. Mm -hmm. As in, like, I would always think, you know, I would look at uh, comics doing you know, you know, like brand work and I would be like, you know, I'm going to reject all work. But the problem is that brand work never came to me. So, like, I kept on thinking that I'll reject, but fucking it never came. So now, like, I'm like, fuck, I want brand work, you know. <laughs> I'm missing out, you know. So, <laughs> so, the, uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, uh, I think what uh, Rebu, Rebu wrote that, you know, can't yeah. elaborate this, uh, 
thought yeah. in 20 characters we know exactly what you mean ribu because you know this is like a one of those gray areas i think what he uh, means is that like whether to be a sell out or not right and uh, i think uh, like i have this uh, theory is that if uh, if you, if mother is in the hospital do whatever is required okay like i even i wouldn't consider theft wrong in that uh, scenario you have to do like because it's survival uh, at the end of it we don't have all the answers and in case somebody like i know this is not not the correct message to go but like even if somebody commits a crime during that when survival is uh, at question then i do not judge anything and uh, by that i mean uh, is not just limited to mother what i what i mean is that yeah okay matlab you have practical things to take care of and you should i mean it is like you know you other people are dependent on you and you know those things are important and uh, but to you know not to basically don't let anybody else tell you what is a sell out like what is sell out for you i mean if you feel like okay so this is a thing that you know like comics ask often is that you know there's a term floating around that you he's a hack comic you know that comic is not original and or that joke is hack you know like if you talk about a certain premise and and people ask you know what is hack you know and mm. like i tell them it's uh, basically if you think it's hack it's hack as in if you think it's not original then it's not original if you think it's original then it is original because who else is there to judge your life i mean it's your you you are you know you are the ceo of your life so uh yeah i think in that case uh, i mean and you are also not you at at all time right like you are a certain ways at certain point of your life you have been a sell out and at certain point of life you have been the you know absolute purist so i mean it's it's a wave and uh, i mean who i basically just do what you want to i mean separate if you have to mm. yeah okay now rivu's written something else uh, which is not really being a sell out Service isn't a bad thing, uh, in my opinion. Uh, there you go. <laughs> question of more cathartic work versus towards. Yeah, I think we have answered most of it. Even like what Saurav said, you know, uh, if someone needs to do something, and if their art can provide for that, obviously, I mean, you know, go ahead, do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and just one last thing I want to add. Yeah, yeah. that whole humility thing that i'm talking about yeah. like that places you if you're uh, actually humble and you doubt what you do enough then it places you in a position that even when a corporate uh, or let's say a brand reaches out to you for you to do music for their or to do something for for them it's a very big compliment man this is someone's thinking that you're good enough it's is someone thinking that your craft and your art is good enough to represent their vision and it's a serious proposition so uh, that's where your craft really comes to use and you know if you have let's say an artistic ego which is big right then feed your ego man because your ego also needs to know that your craft is good enough for you to be able to uh, you know craft something and design something which will actually encapture somebody else's vision not just your own so you know art and craft they go hand in hand and i think service uh, in that respect is craft and uh, what your own cathartic work is that's your art hmm. Hmm. cool 
No, I think this was a uh, interesting question okay. because it opened up so many uh, layers to this uh, this topic that we're talking about. And you know, I think yeah, that's right. Everyone has their own, uh, uh, you know, own journeys and own struggle. Also, you know, like there is this thing about everyone's telling you about like this hustle culture that you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to reach this point in life. Mm. You don't have to, you know. I mean, everyone can decide yeah. for what their goal is what their journey is going to be based on their circumstances their surroundings and whatever your goal is you know so uh, you know just you know i just wanted to add that uh, in fact you know uh, we don't keep this conversation very long so i'm gonna i, I want to uh, uh, add one more uh, point here like a like a question which will basically be for uh, youngsters who want who are getting into the art field and they'll have they'll have they have so many questions and also because of again with social media and internet it we have it gives you a certain idea of what uh, an artist's life is you know usually it's very polished and you know you see what's on the screen and you don't see what's happened behind so if you uh, individually if you all had to give some points uh, to people who are watching or we'll watch it later. What would those suggestions be? You know, as someone who's starting out, their journey as an artist. Whoever can, wants to ta start, take it basically. So we should talk little. Um, uh, I mean, little bit pertaining to our field also. No? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So whoever. Uh, Okay, I can go. Yeah, Neil. Yeah. I have to say in this department. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, you have to decide what kind of a musician you want to be. And, uh, yeah, I hate to say this, but uh, art is shifting towards technology in a way that uh, there is genuine art happening inside technology, within the realms of technology where basically your mind um, is pushing a bunch of buttons and it's your mind is doing mainly one thing. It's, it's spotting the art. While you're fucking with technology, things are happening and your mind is spotting it. There you go. That thing is great. That just happened mm. by accident. How did that accident happen? It's happened. It happened when there was a glitch because I put this plugin on that software along with that. And when I mix these three crazy things together, I get this crazy sound. But I can use this sound because the sound sounds like this and it gives me these feelings. So I'm just saying that uh, it's very important for everyone to learn how to uh, produce their own music a little bit if you want to put it out at any basic level. Like uh, there are uh, things, uh, technologies helping us for everyone who's doing music out there and people especially who are from a live background, I would urge all of them to buy a USB microphone mm. and spend a day uh, not doing music and to spend a day just looking at how you get the best sound out there. Because you see uh, our field, music, it's very, very, uh, uh, there's a problem in music. And the problem is that for our music to actually translate to the other side of the uh, table, uh, the technology which uh, transfers the sound, that technology has a huge part to play. 
because you know you can have the best fucking musician with a bad setup sounding really really crap and the yeah. worst guy sounding more or less okay because you know uh, there's like reverb and there's like things like that uh, obviously the people who are the higher uh, consumers of art will reject uh, watered down highly produced stuff i agree mm-hmm. and i'm not urging anyone to make watered down highly produced stuff all i am saying is that if you're a live musician and you want to let's say uh, uh, keep your uh, social networking active by putting out a lot of stuff then uh, just make sure you put it out nicely i mean uh, get uh, get yourself a usb microphone and uh, read up about which software you can use to uh, to utilize that microphone and how you can because there are certain softwares that you can use now to uh, do a live concert on zoom where let's say if you're using uh, cubase or you're using logic or ableton whichever there's a way you can actually uh, play live using your software through your software and they can get the same sound that you're getting on your speakers they yeah. won't get they won't get your uh, your laptop microphone sound yeah right. i think that you need to bypass that laptop and that phone microphone sound into the next next microphone which will actually sort your sound out and if you and then you can once that is sorted then you're back to a level playing field where you can actually take your instrument and express and then your thoughts and your ideas can come through as the way they were intended so uh, we are in a dangerous situation right now because the world is closed and we can't go out and can't do live streaming so this is urgent this mm. becomes like you know so if this is zombie uh, apocalypse i said that you know uh, musicians would be completely useless but there is this little bit of emergency preparation that we all have inside us and now it's higher than ever before uh, so you know uh, the thing that you have to do now is to actually uh, reach look outside your familiar uh, areas of knowledge and acquire new knowledge and uh, that is my uh, thing that i have to say to uh, everyone out there like you know just take up the know how and uh, also parallelly uh, split yourself up into that hard working motherfucker who stays up at night and also works the, the true art you know and you have to make a little uh, a little bubble a little capsule for yourself where you can practice your art safely without thinking about the technology so that discipline i mean it's crazy right now the times are very very hard so yeah hmm cool man thanks i think that's a great point for especially for musicians i also truly believe that we have to uh, you know amp up and with the situation adapt use technology whatever means we have so that we can express and do th- different things um dr do you, what what do you like to say to people who are want to get into arts in general or dance specifically um i'm really feeling like i don't have a, a list of things you know to give in that sense Hi Luca, sorry. <laughs> Hello. We have a special guest on the show, Luca. Luca. That's Neil's uh, best creation. <laughs> This is my uh, most original work. It really reflects me, as you can see. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. That also throws cigarettes away. Yeah. Good job, Luca. <laughs> And that also throws cigarettes. <laughs> 
Okay, looks. We are a very serious discussion. Jia was saying something. Say bye. 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 Very No, I was saying because I mean, if I'm talking not just to dancers but to live performers, um. I mean, one of the things that I'm quite strongly advocating with people who speak to me, especially producers or uh, you know uh, people who run spaces or whatever, people who are in a in a slight position of power in the arts where they get to decide what work gets curated, blah blah blah, mm. is really to look at if you're talking about say dance, dance for stage is very different from dance for film, is very different from online dance show. And I'm so really encouraging people to almost. It's like you wouldn't um, compare the work of an actor on a theatre piece on stage to what they do in a feature film. It would be a very strange thing to do, and though, and they also will act differently in both the mediums. So though you might need the same skills, uh, the output, the context, the environment, the career of all of those three things that I just said are different. Um, and have different ecologies and different systems. So my suspicion is that going forward, people will, dancers will somewhat have to start figuring out quite early on which medium of these three and more will emerge. For example, virtual reality, which I'm really uh, technology really stresses me out. I'm not a, mm. uh, someone who takes very easily. I have to work really hard to just be able to do basic things. Ironically, I'm in this fancy virtual reality project for many years now, which I, I really appreciate. Um, mm. And early on in the project, the director said, "This is now. We, I think this is the future of dance." And I was like, "I don't think so, uh, because uh, please, can we still do like live in the flesh? There's nothing that compares to that, because you're talking about watching an avatar of someone on a in a virtual world instead, and it's great. It's really exciting in terms of tech." Uh, but I think that with the pandemic, that's become really driven home to me, which is that it will mean different things to occupy these mediums. So one is to really get to know your mediums, like what the kind of what I guess Neil was also saying. But um, I think the journey of an artist is is a really lonely one. Like as many collaborators as I have. And as much as we may agree on things in rooms like this, and as you know, there are more Zoom rooms now than ever before because yeah. we, that's what we're all doing. Uh, it's really exciting, and you feel that connection. But no one, not one human being, can be inside your body and look through your eyes at the vision that you have. And when you manifest it materially, whether it's in choreography or it's in a sound or it's in a uh, you know a set or a book or whatever, your it's it's not going to be the thing that you saw. In in the in its non-material form, and and you manifest it with your collaborators, and whatever you manifest will not be that, uh, and you, whatever you manifest may, may be even better, may be amazing, but you will always have the loneliness of carrying a vision that only you see. So, kind of really getting used to being with yourself, I think, uh, because all of the other things like. Uh, you know the the discipline to go on uh, practicing till 2 a.m. or writing till 3 a.m. or watching other people's work and honing your craft comes from being able to sit with yourself, be with yourself alone in a studio, uh, doing the work. So yeah, that that's something that I would I would say early on um, it became clear to me at least in my arts 
art life and i think it really really uh, helped me mm. yeah i i don't feel nishit that i can give tips as to how to go ahead in the in the in the oh, dark absolutely. world because i think it's going to change so dramatically uh, that one just has to try and be present uh, and i would say that uh, rather than what you do is important but who you do it with uh the the people in your circle the the people you collaborate with the people you work with you work for or they work for you or whatever the situation whatever your power dynamic or your uh, arrangement slowly become more and more i mean that becomes the family in in many ways we all have our own family and our friends and uh, but this really does become the family and and in a situation like the pandemic it, it, i i feel really like one has to be able to take each other along and be able to feel that connection uh, we are really collaborate collaborative beings as humans and as artists i think we we really are even if you're sitting alone for example i'm sure when like saurabh is writing uh, for his show or he's writing a a set he's responding to what other human beings are saying doing and experiencing he's not in his own head um, and yeah and for dancers we feel that physically when i can't rehearse every day with those 10 bodies that i'm used to i feel like my arms and legs have been cut off uh, when i'm when i'm just this it's like my body my body all of them are that mm. so really to, to 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 sense the collective and to sense yourself within that collective um yeah i would say i don't know this is because i don't i can't give tips on go to this school or go to that uh, director because everything's going to change Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. No, this is absolutely really. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Saurabh. Yeah, I mean, largely uh, what uh, Divya, uh, Diya. Sorry, hmm. we had a like a one hour sixteen minute conversation. I couldn't learn your name. Diya. Everyone made a mistake. Don't worry. And Neil Adhikari. Hmm. Uh, what they said, these guys. I think they like also said uh, like uh, a lot of things that I often think of uh, myself. and you know whenever i am going uh, you know when it's a you know it's a um, what do you call it uh, what do you call that if a uh, domino effect uh, thing you know when you are just positive you just think positive and when you're just negative and you know so whenever i'm like negative and i'm just thinking you know uh, what am i doing you know is anything worth it and uh, all those questions come in so that is like the struggle that like like the final hustle that you would you know after you know you know there's this uh, pyramid where the, uh, you know it's about security needs and you know you uh, the maslow's maslow's uh, triangle where maslow. basically uh, it's like uh, you start with the the first is the safety needs that you know you get the food and you get the you know you can pay the bills and then it's like a social thing where you know people know you that you're doing good work and then finally it's like self actualization where you are you know all by yourself and then you are like you need to feel fulfilled that whether you did so that is the final hustle coming up uh, i feel like that one has to go through at the end uh, and that is something which is which i don't have an answer because i'm like i'm just i'm trapped here so i don't know the answer to that maybe like if we do it 20 years later i could give mm-hmm. suggestion on that line but mm-hmm. like uh, some of the advices that has really helped me uh, in different phases of my career when i would think like you know there's this hustle of being good as an artist and then there's this hustle of being seen as an artist and uh, you, that's where a lot of people are like oh, should i try to be seen more or should i try to be good more and that's that's where you know that whole whether i should be marketing myself or whether i should be you know just uh, 
losing myself in the art so that, that so so one of the great advices that one person said uh, i think it's steve martin who's a comic he said be so good that they can't ignore you and that solves a lot of problems like uh, and it largely works out there's no it wouldn't be art if there was like a like a formula to it like where you can figure out you know how can you do great art also and make money also so uh, there's no formula here so but the closest is this i guess which is be good and uh, so so good that they can't ignore you and also even if you're ignored but if you're a good artist and then you got ignored then you know what you're a you're a struggling artist that's great too because you know that is there's this poetic charm there too so good on you if you're there so uh, i mean uh, i think the key is ultimately to just follow your gut feel because if you're you know going with the gut even if you're wrong i mean yeah so the gut was wrong <laughs> <laughs> but at least you know who else would you trust you went with your gut so which is it's the best thing you know so yeah i mean i, I guess uh, i mean it's a lot i mean whatever you know state that we are right now whoever is listening to this and or, or us as artists this is not the end because uh, abito you know this is like we are in our 30s 40s i don't know like Neil is fifty. Uh, I don't know. Like with the cycling is reduced a lot, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what this is not even like uh, like do not like I want to say do not I don't want to give you advice, but like uh, I just want to say this is not the end. You know, this is not the peak of your you you know people are living hundred years. Uh, you know, apparently in Japan, Okinawa, everybody lives hundred. and like they're figuring out in which you can become immortal and stuff in certain way with technology uh, neil would know about so that all that is happening okay so it's, it's not over i'm saying like <laughs> wherever you are you neil knows everything <laughs> oh great i just knew you'd get derailed moment you like went ages on me <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah but like you know i put up my hand there because i was like Don't be seen until you get good. That's another yeah. That's another philosophy. Yeah. Grow in the that, dark. That's another thing you can try. Yeah, I mean, art grows in the dark. Actually, yeah. it grows away from consciousness. So there's that thing. Also, when you're making something, like I would my my advice is that when you're composing a song, beware of that vision from the corner of the ceiling of you composing that song. Never see that vision. Hmm. No, so never see yourself from the outside composing your art. So never think about what it's looking like on the outside when you're making it, because that's purity, and that's, that is yeah, yeah. Hmm. That is the source. Like so, if you once you have the source really tight, then you record that and you plonk it into different. Uh, like you record the basic idea and the concept, and you keep it, and you should have like thousands of concepts because all day this is what we do, man. We sit around, we think. Well, if this lamp wasn't a lamp and it was a rabbit, <laughs> where the fuck would I follow it? And what would the rabbit hole be? Whatever, you know. So I'm just saying that doesn't matter. But whatever it is, that is the basic thing which makes it a strong piece of art. And often, like you know, suppose you're supposed to make a piece of art for somebody else. Yeah. and right then you're not being able to come up with something good and then you go into your bank of ideas this is like a painter like you know a painter is actually one of the most like pure forms of art painting like you know so yeah. because they paint 
and then they keep it in a storeroom. They need a fucking room to keep all their stuff. And then they plonk everything in there. And then when someone comes and they're, they've been commissioned a piece by the king of France and he wants something of this uh, vibe and his room looks like that where the painting is going to be, he can go into his room and choose a painting hmm. and then finish it. It might not be finished. So that's also a way to uh, work. And uh, so it's very important to record your ideas on your phone or uh, on paper. I mean, uh, I'm a songwriter, so I have like thousands and thousands of books where there are songs written down. Like not thousands, I have about like ten. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Nishan, so, yeah. I think yeah. uh, compelled to just add something in case yes. any young da like dance, you know, people who are going to go into studios and be told hundreds of things by teachers and gurus and things like that, which is mm. really helped me after many, many, many years of performing, uh, moving from really large stages to more immersive and intimate spaces where the audience sometimes is touching me, um, is that to, to in, in show, in performance, you will constantly be told affect them in this way, impact them in that way. You know, you have to be good, you have to be, you have to be, you have to be. And I don't think artists can afford the kind of therapy that is then needed to unlearn some of that uh, trauma that is uh, injected into them by uh, a guru who didn't do any internal work, a teacher who didn't do any internal work, who had great craft, lots of power, amazing words and ideas, but didn't really do enough work internally to figure out how to teach how to facilitate, how to open a world within this young person uh, without fucking them up properly. Uh, and most artists don't have. So I, for example, a lot large amount of my time now is go, going to just figure out where are free therapy sources for people in my community. Mm -hmm. Most of us can't afford to unlearn and pay someone to help us do that. So I'm quite passionate about seeing this because if it can prevent damage, then I would like that be to be out there which is that, yes, please surrender to your art form. Please surrender. But we don't need to surrender to the to a person who may be, because sometimes we we, uh, we confuse the wisdom and the knowledge uh, with the source from which it comes. Um, and they're not often the same thing. Uh, and having said that, the same way to take away that when you look at your, look, think of your audience as this external eye that is watching you and you have to be good enough for your audience, you, I stopped saying my audience, I, I say now my witness. Because you are, first of all, the more you perform, the more you realize that you're not showing them your craft, your big kicks, your pointed toes, your uh, uh, you know cartwheels and flips. You're really showing them you. You're standing there, you're pretty naked. In fact, you're as naked as it gets. Um, and so you have to be like, right, I'm okay with you seeing me because you are me. And this mm. sounds like very philosophical and uh, you know hippie of me. Uh, and I'm okay to be uh, put into those, <laughs> those categories. But just to say that if someone is in front of you, they are your witness. So to more and more look at the audience as your witness rather than something that is other than you. And once that starts to happen, you're obviously going to hone your craft and, and one must do that. However, the, I don't agree with that thing of first reach this point where you're like mind blowing because that, that thing of mind blowing or good is different for different people. Yeah, different schools, institutes, teachers, uh, and there are many purists out there who are, I would, I would say, great. That the, there's enough space in the world for somebody who's as purist as that, and somebody who's as 
devised as being able to work, for example, community theater. We are not even working with professional performers or actors. And it is can be as, if not more, moving than something that the most exquisitely trained ballerina does, for example. So uh, I think the world is a big enough place for all kinds of art to exist at all levels. And one has to find what where one fits in or where one wants to belong or where one wants to travel through. And, and of course, we want to keep honing the skill but I don't, I think there is something to being vulnerable in front of your witness, in front of your audiences and letting them watch you grow as well. Uh, and, and the thing is that that is what is happening anyway. So with your Instagram and your uh, Facebook and your, you know, all of the, all of the other media, which I don't even know half of it. Um, if you, you're showing how you fell down in the morning when you were trying to do this particular headstand, you land on your head. You know, and you'd be like, hashtag, keep going, or hashtag, you know, can't stop, won't stop. So in a way, it's a strange display of that vulnerability. Um, but I would say that those things are also tools. Like, it, what we are saying is you're freeing yourself of this mantle of train for like 37 years before someone can see you, or you're good enough. Because you may that good enough is not going to come. You're going to be doing that thing which you looked at 10 years ago and say, oh, I wish I could do that. And you, you can <coughs> still be like, because good enough is a habit, that voice in your head, uh, you know. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's all I want to say. It's like also to be gentle with, uh, in with with our rigor. Can we can we be a little bit uh, uh, whole space? Because kind of, uh, it's not worth the trauma. I would really, yeah. Totally, I totally. Agree. Yeah, and live well and live happy while doing all of this. You don't have to be a depressed artist. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I had like a closing note, but I, I, I now, you know, after hearing all this, you know, like I had thought, I mean, again, thinking I, the reason we did not discuss what we'll talk about was that it, it, you know, it, I wanted it to be this, but then I still had a certain uh, thing in mind that it will have this impact or, you know, I want this result, but from what I had thought, it's completely different and which is great. You know what I mean? I, I you know. Like I had thought I'll start like this and end like this, which is what again with art, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I'm taking inspiration from what all you, you all have said. And I don't want to use my closing line because it sounds, it doesn't <laughs> really do justice right now, because I think we've spoken not about uh, very simplistic things, but something much deeper in that sense. And uh, I, I hope, you know, people will get uh, a, a lot out of this, you know, at least I got a lot of work out of it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, any last thoughts if you all want to add to this? Uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, I think I, I would, I, I mean, I, I, I really had a great time just being so, I was like, a kind, for most of the time, I was just so immersed into what you all was speaking. This is amazing. And, and I think it also happened, sorry, it also happened because we had such three such different uh, artists, you know, if we had three musicians, there would be a lot of similarities and, yeah. you know, yeah. overlaps. And that's also so, so, was so interesting for me. Yeah. I mean, I told Nishit last day that like he used to be uh, India's uh, Joe Rogan because, <laughs> <laughs> because this guy is so patient, you know, like, uh, you know, he's such a good listener and, you know, and, you know, really, uh, I mean, you led us never really uh, not you were very um, neutral 
you know it, it, with the conversation you know that happened because mm-hmm. often when you're hosting something you're also thinking oh hey how, how am i performing as a host but you know as neil mentioned that uh, you know uh, don't see yourself you know uh, like separate from your body you know while you're doing the work so that's exactly what nishit you embody that and uh, i yeah, thought it was a great man. great chat man. thank you so much thank you so much i'm i mean i i am uh, for me i mean for all of you who know me and all three of you on the screen uh, talking is some of something which i really struggle with to be honest and this really pushes me to do these kind of things and you know every episode i do i you know i just go back and i after the conversation i sit for an hour and just just feel it and i really enjoy th- that feeling you know i'm pushing myself and it took me some time and courage to be able to do this you know because i've always i mean i still enjoy being observing and you know doing things and just being in in the space like that but uh, i i'm really enjoying this as well right now you know i think you are the space <laughs> yeah, yeah i agree because, yeah yeah because you are like electrolyte in a battery <laughs> and you are like the different charges that have just been put in those metal rods and we're just interacting with each other but the battery is yours and you are the electrolyte <laughs> thank you thank you you always have been <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, back in the day when the it was going crazy and the jam city night was just about to begin in 2 hours i would give nishad a call and he was technically not supposed to have the time to pick up that call but he would always pick up man <laughs> and you always have a calm hi hey, neil what's up <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks, yeah. thanks. Uh, I asked you that. Remember, Nishal? I think uh, maybe the last time or the time before that I met you. I remember we went Siena or something, and I was like, "How are you so calm?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just just who I am. You know, it also this has also been a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since we're talking about that, that that you know, like. Uh, being in this field where you have to be this hyper pr person you know always you are doing like four gigs a month where you are meeting 500 people in different spaces because one day i'm doing a jazz gig the other day i'm doing a in an electronic gig the other day i'm doing a hip hop gig then i'm doing a metal gig so like you're being in those spaces and then you have those different energies you're interacting with those different sets of people and then uh, it it It, you know it is it is quite challenging for a person like me but then once i started getting comfortable with myself you know like this is who i am you know i don't need to really speak to everyone and if i do need to i will speak but there should not be that pressure oh i have to be on top of this i have to be do this i have to do that once i started being uh, okay with that it really changed me and i became more confident and i was like okay with doing whatever i was doing you know So yeah, and I'm thanks to all the people I've worked with. You know, I mean, I think working with artists—that's another thing that's happened. That they allow you to do that. If I, I mean, I'm sure that it happens with other spaces as well. But I feel very grateful working with uh, musicians and artists and all the creative people. And I've been missing that a lot. So this is one of the reasons why I started this talk, mm. so I can meet and talk to y'all, and you know, something will happen. If my plane crashes, I wish Nishit would be sitting somewhere nearby. <laughs> <laughs> And I hope I'm not in the plane. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm also not in the plane. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, man! You're supposed to give some calm, bro. 
He's an electrolyte. Cool. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on this. Uh, yeah, I hope to see y'all physically or online, wherever. And we will keep doing interesting, fun things together. And yeah, that's it. Have a great Sunday, everyone who's joined and whoever will watch this later. Thank you so much. And yeah, bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.